Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. All right, we're going to get into the Word here tonight. Uh, What we're going to talk about is it's called Holy Habits. Okay, small steps leading to big results. So the way I'm going to set this up here tonight is is we're going to cover habits and and kind of what they are and and just build up into that. And then the habit we're going to talk about is the benefits of reading and or studying your Bible. And I know for some of you, you, go, you might say, gosh, that's, that's super basic. Well, if you've got a great plan and you're really consistent with it, as this discipleship program kicks off, that will be a great opportunity for you to go and disciple somebody else and lead them down the path. So you're either learning it for yourself tonight or you're going to learn this to, to lead somebody else through. Amen? So everybody's got to pay attention here tonight. So again, it's more of kind of an equipping and and training you to do this. Now, when we talk about habits, uh, Sean Covey, he said this. He said, we become what we repeatedly do. So what we do day in and day out is is who we become in in the end. Now, here's the thing with growth. Growth happens over time. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's just like Michelle talked about being here 12 and a half years. And I'm sure she would say, just, just like all the rest of us, that we're still on this growth journey. Amen. And, and you never arrive. You know, I asked Pastor Mike that years ago. I said, do you ever wake up one day and, and you're like, okay, you know, my faith is finally strong enough. I finally crossed the finish line. He's like, absolutely not. You're always growing. You're always being challenged. And I was a little frustrated. Um, however, it's like if you just embrace that and just realize it, you know, like we talked about Sunday, the race of faith, that we are in this race, and it's about endurance and, and continuing to go, you know, over time. But again, this growth process, the amount of time that it takes, it's largely up to you. Amen. You know, so you can speed up this process, or you can slow down this process, and again, it's up to you. So we're going to talk through some habits going to talk about some, you know, really basic, some basic tools that you can utilize as well. Um, so there'll be some practical stuff in here that, that we're going to talk about tonight also. Okay, um, there's this saying, and, and, and I've taught on this, you know, way, way before, but it, it, it says, watch, how's it start out with? Watch your thoughts, they become your words. Watch your words, they become your actions. Watch your actions, they become your habits. Watch your habits, they become your character, and watch your character, it becomes your destiny. And again, it's a process. So, you know, thoughts become words, words uh, become actions, actions become habits, habits create your character, and then your character creates your destiny or your life. That is where you're at right now. That's basically what your destiny is. The, the, you know, and the, the events that will more than likely take you to where it is that you're going to go are based on all of those previous things. And, and whether we recognize it or not, uh, your life is really based around those habits, okay? So again, you know, if, if, if you look at, at the areas of your life and, and are self-aware and you say, hey, you know, where I'm at faith-wise or where I'm at, I'm at my personal relationships, my family, uh, with my, my spouse or my kids, uh, where am I at in my personal health and fitness, maybe the financial area, you know, you're either liking where you're at and, and moving in the right direction or not, you know, the good news is, 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 is if you don't like where you're at, you can, you can make some changes, which is what we're going to, you know, speak about tonight and, and move in a different direction. That's the awesome thing. There's always hope. 
You know, you're never in a situation that you can't make a U-turn and, and uh, turn back in, in the right direction, amen. I, I've done it many times in my life or, or drifted off course. Nothing crazy, but again, drifting off and then it's just about getting back on track. So again, your life is based around your habits. So, you know, on Sunday, again, we talked about the race of faith and, and in Hebrews 11, it's the, the hall of faith. And so you got to ask yourself, you go, how did these men and women end up in this hall of faith? And, and it's largely because of the habits, that, the habit patterns that they had in their life. Obviously, they had a habit pattern of spending time with God. You know, they, a lot of them didn't have the word of God, you know, like, like Abraham, he heard from God. Obviously, when God changed his name from Abram to Abraham and called him the father of many nations, he heard from God. God said, you know, I, I'm going to go out and look at the stars. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you a great nation and so forth. And he held on to that word, but he had the habit pattern of spending time with his father. Amen. And, and over time, they end up in the hall of faith. And, and that's, that should be the goal of all of ours, to end up in our own hall of faith, that, that we create a legacy. And so when we're gone, you know, our, our kids and our grandkids are, are still talking about us because of the things that we did. You know, another person, Samson, you go, okay, why did Sam- Samson end up he started out strong, but he ended up getting both eyes gouged out, and then he was tied, uh, or literally, you know, a slave on a grinding wheel, grinding round and round and round, and he was a slave to the very people that he was born to deliver the Israelites out of, the Philistines. And you go, how does that happen? You know, and if you were here Saturday at the men's breakfast, you know exactly how that happened. You know, he had 20 years of doing really well. He was on the right track. But then it, it says in Judges chapter 16, verse 1, it says, one day, okay, one day Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. But we all know it's not just one decision, right? It's not just one choice. It's not just one habit. And, he, and Craig Rochelle talked about on Saturday that from where he lived, Samson lived to Gaza was a 25 mile journey, which was actually, he counted out, it was 56,250 steps. So you go from where Samson was at to go to Gaza to the prostitute was 56,250 steps. And you go, how did he get off track? By taking one step and then another step and another step. And the awesome news was at any time along that journey, he could have turned around. Even at step 56,249, he could have whipped that thing around and gotten back on track, but it's those habits, again, the habits, if, if we get off track, they, 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 they can take us farther than we want to go, and, and just like Samson's life, he didn't like where he ended up, amen? The great news is with Samson, he talks about his hair ended up growing back, you know, and, and he got one more chance. He had plenty of time while he was spinning around that grinding wheel to think about how he ended up where he was at, and so he was self-aware, self-aware enough to go, you know what, the strength that I had, that wasn't me. That was truly a gift from God. And when you take that gift from God for granted, you never know what you, where you can end up. It's always about giving God all the glory. And, and the great thing is, is, is Samson ended up turning that thing around and he ended up in the hall of faith in the very end. Amen? You know, you look at Jesus, his, his race of faith. And in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, it says, so he himself, there's that word often, withdrew into the wilderness and he prayed. That word often, it's consistency. That was his habit pattern. You know, he would go and, and perform miracles and so forth. And, and a lot of people will say, well, Jesus hung out with sinners. 
He actually didn't hang out with sinners. He hung out with his disciples and he taught his disciples. Now he went where the father told him to go and, and he would pray for people wherever the, the spirit led him to pray. He didn't hang out in there. And every time you know a miracle was done or, or a full day was done, what did he do? He went and got quiet and he spent time with his father and he got recharged up, amen, because he was constantly pouring out you know, to the, those people around him and, and he knew he had to get poured back into because again, you can't give out what you don't have put into. So that was his habit pattern. That was his norm. He, he often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. And that should be our holy habit. Amen? Amen. Prayer and, and all the other things we're going to talk about. So, so some holy habits, you know, talked about in Proverbs. I'm going to rattle off a few scriptures. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4, it says, He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. That word diligent means showing care and conscientiousness in one's work. They're consistent. They're diligent. Each and every day they, they show up and they've got the habit pattern of, of doing good work. And that person, uh, you know, they, they end up rich is what it says. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24, it says, the hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful, or, or that word lazy is, is the word slothful, shall be under tribute. So if you're lazy and slothful, rather than you know, consistently moving forward and being diligent, you're going to find yourself in debt and find yourself you know, paying tribute and underneath a heavy load, which is where we don't want to find ourselves at. And the final scripture with this is Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29, it says, Seest thou a man diligent, there's that word again, in his business. He shall stand before kings, he shall not stand before mean and that word mean is, is ordinary there, ordinary men. And, and that's an awesome thing. It's diligence. It's consistency. Again, it's not overnight. It's over time. And that's how we get there. And, and it's, it's embracing that fact and, and coming to that realization. You know, previously when I was in fitness, we, we taught a lot about, about habit patterns. And, and, you know, the main, we, we taught these, these five pillars of, of health and fitness. So if you wanted to have a, a healthy and, and, and fit life, this is what we taught. You know, it was nutrition number one. I always said common sense nutrition. Now, there's, there's habits that are involved in there and, and in each and every one of them, but these are kind of the, the high points on here. So it's common sense nutrition. You know, nothing replaces good, high-quality nutrition that you're putting in your body. Supplementation is simply to fill in the gaps that your nutrition misses. You know, a good multivitamin, a good fish oil. Maybe, you know, if, if you got, you know, like Melissa, when, when the boys were younger, she wasn't able to get breakfast in, so doing a meal replacement shake or something like that. Here Here's the deal about supplementation. Supplementation never replaces your food. It's a supplement. It's in addition to the food that we eat. You know, and, and again, there's a lot of supplements out there where they promise this, that, and the other. They're not magic. They just, again, attach on and fill in the gaps that our nutrition misses. Then we have resistance training, cardio, and then finally, coaching, accountability, and community. And this is balanced. You know, a lot of people, when they do fitness programs, they, they pick maybe one or two of these things. But I'm telling you, when you put all five of these things together, that's when the real magic happens. Amen? So, you know, it's like going to Weight Watchers, great nutrition plan. There's some accountability and stuff in, in that program, but they're missing out on the other three or four. So, again, that's why great program. It's not that, but you got to do all of those things together to really have the, the life-changing results and, and be consistent with it over time. And, and so again, you know, those are some of the habits, health and fitness-wise. And, and I, I made up the same thing for having a godly life, the five pillars of a godly life. And, and you'll see where it's, it's pretty similar. You know, it's 
nutrition or it's Bible reading and, and Bible studying. And these are in no particular order. I'm not saying one is more important than the other, but these are all the things that are necessary if you want to have a godly life and, and, and be like Jesus and finish strong. Number two, you know, your supplements, your supporting books, your audio, your YouTube, these supplements, they never replace the word of God. Amen. They, they, you know, a lot of times we want to listen to videos and do all this stuff and have somebody else do the studying and we just want to listen all day rather than digging into this word and spending time in this word ourselves. But again, if you do supplements only, you're going to get off track and you're going to be malnourished. I promise you that. You wouldn't just think about living on a multivitamin all day long. You got to have food and roughage and that's where the Bible reading and studying comes in. Comes in. Third is, is prayer. Again, in no particular order. Fourth, fourth is praise and worship. And then fifth, what did I say with fitness? Coach, accountability, and community. The Holy Spirit's your coach. Your pastor's the accountability uh, person in your life. And then your church is your community, amen? And it's these five pillars. If you consistently do this over time, you're gonna have a godly life. It's, it's, it's very likely, again, that you'll have a godly life if you stick to that process, amen? So again, tonight, like I said, we're gonna focus on this Bible reading and this studying, but this was just kind of the, the preface to it. So again, remember, thoughts create our words, words create our actions, actions create our habits, habits create our character, and finally, our character creates our destiny. So if you go, hey, I don't really like where I'm at, living at right now, I don't like the destiny that, I, that I'm creating, yes, the habits are right in the middle, but what's the very beginning thing? Our thoughts, right? We all know the scripture, Romans 12, 2, it says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I love how the New Living Translation says it. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. So don't be like the world. We're supposed to be set apart, amen? We're supposed to be the ones that, that they look at, at us and they see something different and they want what we have, not us trying to you know, mesh in and, and, and do what they're doing, amen? We should be set apart. Do not be conformed or don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But again, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Amen. I was talking to a brother the other day, and, and he was you know, talking about you know, drugs and, 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 and struggles and so forth. And he said, you know, it's not a drug problem, it's a thinking problem. And I said, man, I, I totally get it. You know, I understand that. The great news is, is we can change our thinking. We can change our thinking, but it's going to take some work, some discipline. We don't grow overnight, but we grow over time. And it's up to you, amen, how fast that's going to happen. All right? That's the great news. So you talk about order importance. You know, when asked, what's more important, prayer or reading the Bible? Charles Spurgeon asked a question back. He said, what's more important, breathing in? Or breathing out. So again, when I gave you that list earlier, it wasn't about, you know, Bible reading is more important than prayer. You cannot do one without the other. I was talking to Trissa earlier today. I like to go down and, and, and just dig into some of her wisdom and insight, and I thought I could stump her on that. I said, what's more important, Bible reading or prayer? And she said, well, let me ask you a question. What's more important? Me, me talking to you or, or you listening to me? It was something like, it was, it was sharp, you know, she got me. So then I came back and I said, what's more important, me breathing in or me breathing out, you know? So, but we were at an impasse, amen? It's all good. So this Bible reading, it is impossible to know God without knowing the Bible. The more you, and it's not about a head knowledge, you guys. It's about spending time with the Father, spending time in his word, understanding that this is a letter 
to us. He, he loves us. You know, when, when Melissa and I were, I know you guys get sick of hearing the prison stories, but, I, you know, if I tell other people's stories, they almost get like, like, why'd you tell that story? So I just tell stories about myself. So when we were down there, you know, or when I was down there, it was $20 to make a phone call. And nobody writes letters anymore, amen? So we wrote letters every day. We'd write people letters, or write each other letters and so forth, and we still have those letters. And, and I bet it'd be amazing to go back and, and look at you know, the progression, the growth process that, ha- that happened from the beginning point to the end. But again, we loved one another, and a lot of times in a letter, you will tell a person more about what's in your heart and, and what you're feeling than you will face-to-face or, or you know, through other means. I'm not saying that that's right. It's just the way that it is. Amen? And we really grew close and, and you know, overcame a lot of things through those letters. There were some letters that I got from her that I didn't enjoy getting, you know, where she was having rough times and so forth. But, amen, I'm glad that she reached out to me and some not, you know, not some other dude that was you know, waiting in the shadows or whatever. But we made it largely because we were writing letters and we were growing closer in our relationship. My point in telling you that story is this is a letter to you from God, yes, inspired by God, written by, you know, penned by, by men, but again, it's a letter to us and it's recognizing it that way, that, that, that this is God's love letter to us and, and realizing that and, and the more that you're in there, you know, the more you want to be in there. You know, and a lot of times I, I remember, you know, my story is this. You know, for the record, I, I wasn't the most studious guy in, in high school and college. Let's just put it that way. I was always real rebellious. I just didn't, I didn't uh, love the whole, you know, memorize something, regurgitate it on a test, and then forget about it. Now, I'm not saying all schools like that, and I know school's important if you want to go be a nurse or, or whatever it is, but for what I wanted to do, which... I don't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew I didn't want to do, you know, what, what, what they were teaching and so forth, but I didn't learn how to learn. That's my point in that. So I never learned that, you know, I, I swore after college, I'm like, I'm never reading another book again. So then somebody, you know, they hand me a Bible and they say, hey, read this Bible. I mean, this thing's intimidating, Right? You know, and so I remember coming here, sitting up there, coming to Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames back in like late 98, 99, I got in some trouble. So I was, you know, of course, looking for God at that point. And I came forward, I prayed a prayer, I'll, I'll never forget it. You know, I never forget Pastor Mike saying, your name will forever be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's the only thing I remember about that. But I remember going home, I didn't understand accountability, getting plugged into a church or anything like that. I had a Gideon's Bible. I had a King James Version Bible. So this is discipleship. This is why discipleship is so important. You know, you had a young man, you know, probably 25, 26 years old that came forward, made a commitment for Christ. Now, again, I'm not blaming the church because I had my, it was a two-way street, amen? You know, I had to come and chase God, but, you know, people reaching out to you as well. But I opened up that Gideon Bible, and I was a disciplined guy. I was a bodybuilder. I knew about self-discipline and so forth. But what do you do when, when, when you get a new book? You open it up at page one, right? And so I'm opening up Genesis and in this King James Version Bible, Man, you know, and I, of course I did it before bed, so I, I lasted maybe a, a verse or two before I, I fell out. And I, I think I made it maybe two weeks or something like that, but then that was it. You know, no growth, no change. I'm not blaming anybody, you know, but it, the importance of discipleship. We can't just, you know, have somebody come forward and, and again, we're, we're doing something about it, obviously, hand them a Bible and say, hey, you know what, good luck to you, and, and uh, they just, it's just too overwhelming for them. Amen. So the cool thing was, you know, a couple years later when I get arrested, I end up going to jail 
For some reason, I, I got a hold of a NIV study Bible. Well, that was the point where the timing was right, and I knew that I was ready. You know, I got saved. I got, I got born again. Uh, I'm not saying I'd, I don't know how it happened back in 98 or 99, but again, I made a recommitment for Christ at that point, but then this, that's when I got in the Word. That's when I was really hungry for change. That's probably the best way to say it. And so I just started devouring the Word. I started devouring everything that I could get my hands on. And the more I devoured it, the, the more God opened you know, me up to things, and, and it was just amazing. And, and that started this, this journey, and now here we are, what, 19, 20 years later, you know, still on this journey, still on this path, never be able to master this thing. And I know there's people in this room that have been studying the Word far longer, you know, two and three plus times longer than that, and you'd probably still say that you haven't even scratched the surface of this thing. It's, it's just awesome. It's amazing. And I'm trying to sell you on the benefits of getting in this book, you know, because Pastor Vicki here a couple weeks ago in prayer, about halfway through, she stopped and she said, I bet half of this room, and she used the word study, there's a difference between reading and studying, but she said, I bet about half of this room is not studying their Bible, and I was like, I was kind of taken aback, you know, because that isn't the rookie crew out there. You know, it's like we need to get in the word because God is taking us up to a higher level, amen. When you have 120 people come forward and, and, and want to be disciplers, we got to get rid of the weights, get rid of the sins, and we got to get into this word and move forward to bring us up to a higher level, amen. It's time to start running. So why is reading so important? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You know, I, I was studying this out and, and looking through it, and, and a lot of times, you know, this is just a study tip, you know, if I get stuck on something, Rick Renner's a guy, he, he's been here a, a few times, we support his, his, um, his church and, and his mission through, through missions giving and so forth, you know, a lot of times I'll look up what, whatever he says about something, because again, the guy, he's got to be in the top whatever of the Greek and Hebrew and, and just learned men, you know, in the world for that matter. And he comes here to Faith Family Church, which is awesome. But here's what he said about it. He says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is a mandatory, essential, and absolute requirement. It's a requirement for those things we believe to be true. It brings reproof. It's not fun. It brings conviction and it brings censure into our lives. We need those things. It can take anyone. Praise God, it can take anyone. It took me, and it can take anyone else, including, here we go, including those who have been knocked flat on their backs in life. Anybody in here ever been knocked flat on their back in life? Amen. Well, the Word of God can set you back up on your feet again, regardless of how long you've been down and out. Isn't that good news? And the Word of God will make them once again stand erect and upright. It will put them back on level ground, fully equipping them to successfully live life by a higher standard that leads to upright, godly, clean living. I mean, isn't that good news? Let's give the Lord a hand clap for that. That, that right there is enough to make you you know, understand how important reading and spending time in your Bible is. All of the things, you know, that, that 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 has in there for you. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 10 in the New Living, it says, the word of God is alive and powerful. This word is alive. 
This book's been around for what, a couple thousand years? It's the most debated book. It's the most criticized book. But guess what? It's still the number one bestseller year in and year out. Because why? It's alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit. It it can divide between your mind, will, and emotions and your spirit. It, it, It can cut through all that. Amen? Between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. You know, a lot of times it's been said like this. When you're reading the Bible, the Bible's actually reading you, Amen. right? Because it's going to expose the things, the weaknesses, and, and the things that, that you need to work on and so forth, and that's a good thing. A lot of times, you know, when you're reading your Bible, I find this in, in church as well. I'm sitting there taking notes or, or reading the Word, and a lot of times something I'm battling or some problem that I can't figure out or I can't solve, all of a sudden, the answer comes to me. There, there, there's a blessing in spending time reading the Word. And that's why, again, we don't just live on supplements. We live on the Word of God, amen. We don't just live off. Supplements are great, okay? Devotionals are great. YouTube videos are great. All that stuff's great. But it's, again, it's not a replacement for the Word of God, amen? amen? Psalms chapter 119, verse 105, it says, your word is a lamp unto my feet, and it's a light unto my path. You know, the, the word of God, it, it, it literally directs your steps. I mean, it, it's a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. So as you're walking along in this life, and you're living day after day after day, and you get up first thing in the morning, and you're spending time in the word, this word will, it'll illuminate your day, amen? It'll show you things to come. You know, it, you, you know it's like Chip Brim taught that time. He said, He said, never say, I don't know, because the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, he knows the end from the beginning. And and when you're, again, spending time in the Word of God, you know, he's going to reveal those things to you. The Bible talks about that, but it takes discipline. It takes work. So I always tell, tell new people, I say, you know what, when you start out anything, in the beginning, it takes discipline, okay? You have to make yourself and force yourself to do it. Then that discipline turns into a desire, where you're like, man, I'm actually start to, starting to enjoy it. You know, I, I had to force myself and set the clock for 15 minutes to stay in this thing, but now at the end of 15 minutes, I want to go another 5 or 10 or 15 minutes. Then it progresses over into a delight. We're just like, man, I can't wait to spend time in the Word. Now, I'm going to tell you the opposite. It can go the, the other direction as well. It can go from being a delight back to a desire, back to a point where you've drifted and you've got to discipline yourself once again, and that's Okay. You're at where you're at. God will always take you back and, and, and get you back on track, and, and, and it doesn't matter. Like, like it said, you find yourself flat on your back, hey, if you're not dead, God's not done. Amen? You're not done with your life. Hallelujah. Psalm 119, verse 11, it says, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know, it, it's pretty hard to fa- find yourself in sin and temptation if you've been hiding this word in your heart. And you go, how do you hide the word in your heart? Well, meditation is another thing. I'm not, not going to spend a lot of time on meditation, but again, you know, as you're reading your word, we don't, we don't memorize scripture enough anymore, guys. You know, nowadays everything is, you know, I, I can't remember a phone number because you got all the, all the numbers in your phone, right? So our, our memories just are not as sharp as they used to be because we don't use them. You know, your, your brain, it's amazing. It's like a muscle. The more, more you train it, the larger it'll grow, the, the more sharp it'll get. But again, you've got to discipline yourself to get in the Word, maybe having a, a three-by-five note card where you write out maybe it's one scripture a week. 
You know, uh, this book of the law shall not depart from my mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night and observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. I had a time, you know, we can't imagine not having the Bible, but I had a time where I was being transported, um, you know, in the jail or prison system or whatever from, I think it was from when I was coming from Florida up to South Dakota, and I was down in um, Waco, Texas of all places, wow. Praise God, I got out of there. But I was in Waco, Texas, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't let us have anything. They wouldn't let us have a Bible, which is like totally against the law, but what are you going to do, right? But I was so happy that I had been memorizing Scripture. I had the Word of God hid in my heart because you never know. You know, again, we take it for granted. We got all these different translations. We got a bookstore full of books. We got phones with every, you know, app and, and, and Scriptures on there that we, but who knows, you know, and if we're not teaching our kids how to hide the word into their hearts, you know, how will they not sin against God as well? And if, if the word was, was removed for their lives, hopefully we never have to live in a world like that. Amen. But what if? What if? Amen? So which Bible should I read? Well, the easiest to read Bible, and again, this can all be debatable, so this isn't like, you know, lockdown, we're not going to fight over this stuff, but I know... Uh, like Melissa, she said when she first got started out, she, she started out with a really easy reading translation, the New Living Translation, okay? It was just real easy read. It was like conversation, like we're having a conversation right now, okay? May not be perfect. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a huge Bible scholar. I'll just be honest with you. I'm more a, a take the word, apply it to my life, and then teach other people what has worked for me, you know, and continue down the same path with that. You know, I, I, I don't get into, you know, I, I study for what I need to study, but again, I don't know all the different tra translations, the ins and outs. I know Pastor Mike does, uh, Pastor Vicky as well, so if you've got questions on there, you know, ask them. The, the NIV Bible, there's definitely different years of that. I would say probably an older version of that, but again, that was one I started out with, with a, with a teaching Bible, so it like had things over on the side, so I would read something, and then it would kind of help with commentary, you know, on, on what, it, what it meant, because I didn't have anybody to disciple me but the Holy Spirit, so it was me, the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit, and that's who was teaching me, amen? And again, so important with this discipleship process where it's you with a new person and you're able to teach them and, and lead them down the path you know, on what to read and so forth. Then we come to the King James Version, okay? A lot of times the scriptures I put up, um, I read out of the King James and the New Living. So I have a parallel Bible where one side is the King James and the other is new, the New Living. So if I'm reading something in the King James, I don't quite grasp the concept. I can look over in the, in the NLT and, and it, and it kind of breaks it down a little bit more. Um, otherwise, I can you know, hop onto one of the commentaries or, or a different translation and so forth. But again, that's more studying. I'm just talking about reading. I'm just talking about reading the Word of God and, and getting spiritual nourishment in your body day after day. You know, and think about it like this. You know, if, if, if I said, okay, over the last two weeks, and if you honestly answered this question, however much time you spent reading the Bible every day for the last two weeks, okay, now for the next two weeks, you get, a, you get to eat food, the same amount of food as you ate reading the Bible the last two weeks, the next two weeks you get to eat food you know, I'm not going to show a hand, ask a show of hands, but how many people would be starving? Amen. How many people would be on a forced fast where they'd be getting in this word then and, and, and it would be their nourishment? Amen. And, and this is all about, hey, where are you at? You know, and, and getting back on track if you've gotten off track. That's okay. 
It's always about moving down the path. It's about growing. It's not about beating you down and condemning you. Please, I never want to do that. I'm, I'm more like a coach where I want to encourage you and get up underneath you and encourage you up, you know, to, to take control of your, over your life and do better and be better. You know, it's like when you talk to, to men, could you do better? Yeah, I, I could. Well, well, then do better. You know, and I, I want to hold myself. This puts a lot of pressure on me. You get up here and you talk like this, man, you got you to gotta hold yourself to a higher standard as well. Definitely not perfect. A lot of shortcomings and flaws, but I am working on them, amen, amen. and using the word of God to overcome those things. So New Living, again, for a new person is a real easy read and, and way to get through. Handing somebody a King James Version and just saying good luck, it ain't going to happen unless they are just sold out, committed, um, not just because it's 2021, but I, I don't know why that is. It's, it's, there's too many options, I think, nowadays. Like back in the day, that was the only option. There wasn't all these other distractions and so forth. And I hate that we're always fighting with the world, but we are fighting with the world for people's time, fighting with the world for people's attention. You know, it's just so easy to listen to stuff constantly. We're fighting with that. We're all fighting with that. We're always bound by time and, and keep it short so you can keep people's attention spans. You know, it never used to be that way. But if a, you know, a YouTube video is longer than three to five minutes, we're not even gonna watch it, right? Just our attention spans are short. And I, I mean, I'm guilty of that as well. So for a new, new, new believer here, the Bible is broke up into 66 books. There's 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New Testament. And when you're brand new, besides Psalms and Proverbs, you don't need to go in the Old Testament just yet. Amen. Okay? You need to understand your relationship. You know, you just came into a relationship with your heavenly Father. This isn't, again, about reading this book to gain head knowledge. You know, what kind of wood did Noah build the ark out of? I mean, who cares? Amen. <laughs> That may be important down the road or whatever, but it's not important right now. I mean, you're just coming out of the world. We don't need to worry about all that stuff right now. Amen? Amen? And I'm going to give you a, a, a Bible plan. Say plan. plan. Because if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Amen? All right, so here's some daily spiritual nourishment, that some various things that you can do is, is number one, a reading plan. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a plan. If you don't already have one, there's a zillion of them out there, you know, on, on the Bible app or, or wherever. But again, you have to have a plan. I'm telling you, I, I've been lifting, I'm 48 years old. I've been lifting weights since I was 12. I was a fitness professional. If I don't have a plan still to this day, I can get away with it for a few weeks when I go in the gym. But you guys know, you, you, you join a gym and then you kind of go in and you, you do this machine and, and that machine and this one over there and then you hop on the elliptical and, and you call it a workout and then, you know, three weeks in you're frustrated because you're not getting any results. We don't have a plan. But if every time you went in and you had a game plan and you knew you were going to do this and this and this and it progressed up and, and, and you move forward, you know, then you would start seeing progress and you'd be moving in the right direction. It's the exact same way in the Bible. You know, as we read the Word of God, again, instead of handing somebody, you know, you can tell this thing's been, been read, it barely stays together, but it's a good thing. You want your Bible to be tore up, you know, and, but you hand them this without a plan, and again, they're going to be overwhelmed. You're, you're, you're doing them a disservice, and then they're going to be discouraged. They're going to feel like a loser, you know, but we didn't equip them properly. Always think with the mindset of the new person. Where's this person? They don't know nothing about nothing. They don't know who Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are. They don't know any of that. I remember Trav, when he first came, he was like, who are these Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob guys? You know, he's just, you know, in the beginning, it's just Jesus, God loves you, and let's go from there. Amen? Keeping it super simple. Uh, the daily devotional. 
You know, they don't give these daily devotionals out just because, you know, it's, it's like a cool or, or, or neat thing to do. This is to help, again, equip you with a tool, and it's, and it's about unity as well. Think about that. Think if everybody every day is waking up, I mean, I don't know, it doesn't take five minutes to read it. It takes maybe three or four minutes to read, um, but there's one scripture there, and then you go and read through the thought that's on the scripture. Again, this does not replace the Bible reading. This is a, a supplement. However, this is put here, this is a tool for us to use that will keep us in unity, that we're all going down the same path, you know, and, and uh, you know, hearing the same stuff and, and, and moving in the same direction. So there's that daily devotional. Then you've got the Bible app. Okay, I don't know how many, how many people have the Bible app on their phone. It, it's just a fantastic app. You know, it, it uh, you know, again, Bible app, you can go download it, but I have many times, you know, I was just asking Melissa again, I'm like, you know, what, what, what's kind of your plan? And she goes, well, you know, I typically have a, um, I go on the Bible app, you know, she's in the Word of God as well, but she goes, I, on the, I go on the Bible app and I'll, I'll read through a plan on there, um, you know, and, and it's like a devotional, there's scriptures in there. Also, again, it's getting the Word of God in your heart. I'm a huge believer in paper and pen. I'm a huge believer in that, okay? Because again, I, I just, you just never know. Plus, there's just something about being able to underline and mark up. You know, I know when I was in business, I've always been a, a, a journal guy. You know, and I see people taking notes on their computers and stuff. How many, times, how many times do you go back and watch those old, like, videos that you took of your kids years ago? You took hours and hours and hours of gymnastic and their birthday parties and all this stuff, right? But how often do you ever go back and, and, and look through that? Never. Hardly, right? But if you got something on paper... You know, you can go back and, 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 and then you will also remember stuff better as well. So when you're sitting out there and you're taking notes, I, I can't remember what the percentage is, but if you hear something only, it's like less than 10% retention. But if you hear it and you write it down, it goes exponentially up. If you hear it and write it down and then remember what Dr. Tracy said, during the week you're going to go back and you're going to study that. Amen? And that's, that's like my, my, my next point I think here was looking up scriptures from either the Sunday or, or Wednesday night message like, these messages aren't just, like, by happenstance. Amen. You know, we spend time with God, like, hearing from God to, to deliver the word. I'll tell you Sunday's message. I had a different message prepared ahead of time. It was about, um, can your faith be trusted? About being in the wilderness and so forth. And it was a good message. But then I just felt something. I sat down with Pastor Vicky, and I just was like, man, I'm just seeing something that, that, that God's doing. I can't quite see it up here yet, but I see it in my spirit. And she started asking me a few more questions like she does. And then, man, she came back around, and she goes, well, I put that, this post out on Facebook yesterday, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, and then all this supporting, supporting stuff. So I was like, huh. I'm just going to take your message and I'm going to build that out. But again, that came from the Holy Spirit to her and then, you know, me studying it out as well. It, it, it was from God and, and hopefully it was timely, you know, and, and, and what we're needing right now. And you go, okay, why, why Bible reading? Why something so basic tonight? Because again, the direction we're going, I mean, I just feel like I was in Barnes & Noble down in Sioux City a couple weeks ago. We just took a, a day trip down there and I go in the bathroom and, and I come out and there's literally three aisles of Wiccan, tarot, car, tarot cards, uh, witchcraft, all this stuff. And then I'm out walking through the mall, and there's this lady walking around with a, just a pink shirt, you know, you know, some say Nebraska or whatever it is. Her said witch. And I'm like, you know what? The devil is buck wild right now. You know, it used to be back in the day where, you know, all that stuff was kind of quiet and, and kept in secret. Now, now it's right out in the open. 
So we can't play around anymore, you guys. I mean, it's about getting in gear because you know what? The devil, he wants to take your head off. He wants to take your head off. He wants to kill you. He does not like you. But again, unless we get this word, this is the only way to overcome. It's not listen, I I listen to Christian music and all that stuff, but you got to get this word deposited in your heart. Amen? Amen? And I know I'm preaching to the choir. This is a Wednesday night group. You guys are are doing it, but it's like taking it up to the next level. Last thought on, on the Bible plan or the Bible app. You know, if you're battling something, you know, maybe it's something, anger, uh, lust, some addiction, wh- whatever it is, you can look up those things in there and, and you know, just pick a plan <clears throat> and then read through it and it'll help you, it'll give you scriptures and so forth and when you're brand new, it helps kind of do the heavy lifting for you, amen? And it'll help equip you and, and so forth. I know I was talking to Seth Haper and he was like, I don't know, you've done 30 or 40 of these things. You know, 30 or 40 Bible plans, you don't think that's gonna cause growth over time, Amen? And it does, absolutely. And then on the flip side, maybe you're wanting to study out faith or love or joy or whatever it is. Again, all of that stuff is in there. The tools are out there. It's just taking advantage of those tools and using them. Okay, the plan, you know, we got to speed this thing up. So the plan, you know, you got to pick a time that, that you can stick to here, first of all. So, you know, I, I put on, on my notes here, if, if you just were to read 15 minutes a day, that equates to 90 hours a year. 30 minutes a day is 180 hours a year. 60 minutes a day is 360 hours per year. But again, like fitness, don't set the bar so high that you're not going to stick to it. Start out with 15 minutes. Start out with that plan and, and you know, do it that way. You know, I put, put together a Bible reading plan. This will be emailed out to you tomorrow, you know, put out on Facebook. Um, oh, hold that up a second. So 111 total chapters. Again, how fast do you want to go? If you read four chapters a day in 30 days, you can get through, you know, those four chapters. Back up a second there, Adrian, if you would, to the, the, the previous one. So here's this Bible reading plan. And this is in order for a reason, and I'm not going to go in depth, but we start out with the book of John. You know, John called himself the disciple that Jesus loved the most. I call myself the disciple that Jesus loved the most. You should call yourself the disciple that Jesus loves the most. God loves all of us the most, amen. But it's figuring out who God is, that he loves you, that he cares about you, that, that you know, he has a plan for your life and so forth, the plan of salvation. Then we go to Acts, Romans, come back to the book of Mark because it's written in, you know, from a different context or a different perspective than the book of John. Then we've got number five, Galatians, which we get into the epistles. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 John and James, they will tell you, you know, how do you live while you're walking in this world? How do we walk in this world but be separated from this world? That's what those epistles do. Again, tons of different Bible reading plans. This is just a good one. When, when we take people in back, we hand them a little pamphlet, kind of some what's next steps. Those are the what's next steps in there. That's where I got it. No magic to it. It's just a good, solid reading plan. So again, if you've gotten off track and you've drifted and you're just kind of like wake up and you open up your Bible to wherever, you know, you're letting God kind of whatever, you flip it to a page and, and just start reading, go through that Bible, Bible reading plan. That'll be a great way to, to head down and get on track. So again, getting through that uh, Adrian, flip over one if you would. 111 total chapters is what that is. You can get through that whole thing in 30 days if you want to do four chapters a day. Six, cha- six, six weeks for three chapters and two months for two chapters. And then what I do is I read a proverb every day. One proverb every day. First day of the month, I read Proverbs 1. Second day of the month, Proverbs 2. 
And then Psalms, same thing. You know, I, you, can, you can do one a day or, if, you know, just again, it depends how much time. I'm not trying to overwhelm you. I'm just saying you do what's best for you, but you got to do something. That's, that's my encouragement and that's my challenge more than anything. Amen? So with all the benefits today, you know, you heard today about reading your word, who's excited about reading their Bible? Amen? Yeah. Amen. And all this, it, it, it simply, it starts with a decision. I mean, you got to, with anything that you start out in life to do, it starts out with making a decision. But then we got to take action on that decision, and we got to take consistent action on it. And you know, in, in the fitness industry, people are super excited for about four weeks, and then, and then until about six weeks, it kind of starts waning off, you know, and then that's when the grunt work and, and, and the, the patience and the endurance starts setting in. That's why you need accountability. That's why you need to be discipled, and you need to be accountable to somebody else. You have to have accountability partners in your life. I have them in my life. You know, I'm, I'm thankful, you know, we all have pastors that are, that are here, obviously, that are a phone call away, you know, or, or, or here away. But again, having somebody in your life that, that you can, you know, iron sharpens iron. That's why we come to those men's groups. Do not isolate yourself. You isolate yourself, you get off, man. I'm telling you, that's when you're going to get your lunch. Your, your devil's going to eat your lunch. And that isn't giving him any glory. It isn't about that. But you get off on your own, and, and it's just like in the wild. Man, the lion, he can get that, that one off on his own. There's strength in numbers. There's, there's strength in that pack. Amen? Amen. And knowing where you, you can come from. And me too. I, I'm always a phone call away. I don't have all the answers, but I love people. I love people. I will pray with you. I will stand with you. I will believe God with you. I can't do it for you, unfortunately. That was the biggest struggle in fitness. It was like, man, sometimes I wanted it for them worse than they wanted it for themselves. But it is what it is, amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.